came up with this sort of cheesy tagline, something we really believe in, though. It's, we want to see the whole church whole again. Everyone, thanks for listening to the Whole Church Podcast. This is your host, Joshua, who is very, very sunburned. Um, and your co-host, Tiberius Juan, is here. Yeah, TJ. And before we start today, we're calling in Zero Prabhu. Uh, before we do that, we want to remind everyone to follow us on Patreon, as well as our Facebook and Instagram and all of that. Um, right now, we have a free giveaway we just started on Patreon. You want to tell them about that? Uh, well, after you support us on Patreon, before before May 14th and until our 21st supporter, uh, you get entered into our Kindle Fire 7 giveaway. Yeah. In yeah, so uh, you, the color of your choice. Yeah, one of our first 21 followers on Patreon is going to get a free Kindle Fire 7. You know, free for them, I guess, not really free for us. Well, it's only sort of free for them, too, because... Three dollars yeah. a month, definitely. Yeah, but also just doing that helps support us and be able to get new equipment so we can record better audio and travel to some of the guests we've been wanting to talk to. We have some from the University of Georgia, some from the Southern Baptist Seminary in Louisville, Kentucky. We really want to go out to, and it just helps us be able to do that. College of Charleston. Yeah. Well, no, Charleston Southern. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, but lots of traveling that we want to do. A lot of equipment we need, and. The more followers we have, the better giveaways we can do for you guys, too. So, Right. Yeah. Um, is there anything else? Oh, drop a comment on iTunes or Google Play. Right now, we're really trying to boost that stuff so that we can get more people listening. Because more people listening, the more we can get the conversation rolling about seeing the whole church whole again. And stuff with unity, I think the first step is always just getting that conversation going. So, we'd really appreciate your guys' help with that. All right. And without further ado... Let's uh let's call Cyril here. Hi, this is Cyril. Hey Cyril, this is Joshua. Yeah, and this is TJ. It's nice to talk to you. Hey TJ, hey Joshua, how are you guys? Oh, we're doing great. We're doing great. How are you doing? Kind of tired. Wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah, TJ Good. just woke up from a nap. Yeah. But I'm the one with uh-huh. God. <laughs> oh man. So we like to start the podcast off with just kind of a silly icebreaker question. Today's, we wanted to ask what everyone's favorite plant is. So uh, I, I can go first with that. My favorite's bamboo, because mm. it can be used mm. as a weapon and as a food. Oh. Very versatile. Wow. Well, that's that makes sense. Um, yeah. What about you, TJ? I think, uh, thanks for asking, uh, probably a magnolia tree. It's my favorite plant. They have really nice blossoms. Uh, they're really fun to climb. They look really nice. It's just a, it's a good tree. Hmm. Um, I like uh, red redwood trees uh, in the California. Right. Normally, when you have a tree that's going up, the roots go exactly the same amount of height. That it goes up, it will also go down, right? If you take like an oak tree, it will go up like a four floors or five floors, and it will go down four or five floors. Whereas these tall redwood trees that are like a 10 stories tall, but has less than three feet that it goes down. And it stands for time only to 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 just like a weather all the storm and weather all the uh, you know breeze they stand for 300 400 years 
And the reason why they stand that long is because their roots go sideways and it holds on to the roots of the other trees. And so when the weather comes, you know, it, it just is able to, you know, storm the weather much better. And they say, like, uh, you know, even if you go to the top of the oak tree, you may not even see how far the root has gone sideways. Wow. That's, that was a really good yeah, answer. That, that actually sounds like a good uh, church unity, like, analogy. You know, like, as long as the roots mm-hmm. are holding on to one another, kind of weather right. the storm. Yeah, that's good. It's good stuff. Excellent. Yeah. So you do the Proverbs two two six ministries. Yes. Yes, and that's um. What's Proverbs two two six? Did you have that on hand? Yes. Yes, it is. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. It is very easy to just like uh um you know, look at the life of somebody and say, oh, this is not working well or that's not working well. There is a saying in my language that says if their identity is not properly framed up by the five-year-old, then it's very hard to change that even when you become 50. So you have to train somebody when they are young so that they will hold on to the truth even when they get older. That's the good truth. What's, uh, just out of curiosity, what's, uh, what is your original language? Native language. Yeah, native uh, language. Native language is Tamil, which is spoken in the southern part of India. And it is also spoken um, in multiple other countries like uh, Singapore, Malaysia, Sri Lanka, and uh, Maldives. Uh, is an island, and the people speak there as well. And uh, in Sri Lanka, Malaysia, and uh, uh, Singapore, this language uh, is also almost like a national language because it appears on their currency. Wow, I had no idea. That's really cool. Wow, super. Man. So we did. We wanted to ask you. You try and get some a little bit in detail just about the ministry. Uh, it says on the website you have, what's the four E's? Um, the E4 program? Say that, say that one more time, please. You think your website says it's a E4 program that y'all run through, right? E4? Like, yeah, yeah, like encourage, engage, educate, and empower. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Yes, yes. It's a, Those are different attributes of this program. Then... So let me back up and talk about what is Proverbs 2 to 6, right? And what it does and why is this uh, uh, important? Number one, um, there are, uh, Proverbs 2 to 6 ministry works with children whose parents are in pr- prison. A lot of times what happens is like uh, there are so many, hundreds and thousands of prison ministries are there in this country, and most of them are working with the men inside the prison or women inside the prison, helping them to rehabilitate their lifestyle, helping them to, you know, build their life skills for them. But uh, those are like a really good, amazing, um, you know, efforts, and we are we are so, um, you know, applaud for what they are doing. 
But the one of the uh, components of that is uh, uh, when when an inmate gets released from prison, the statistics say 70% of the inmates go back in in the first 30 to 90 days. And the, the measure of that is called recidivism. So the national recidivism is at 70%, right? That's repeat offense. That's what they're going after. They want to stop these men from coming back in. That's what all of these ministries are working towards, doing Bible studies, doing um, things like, uh, you know, um, the, the, the services on Sunday mornings. Uh, they're all doing that part, which is great. But what happens is like over the last 10, 12 years, the, the paradigm has shifted inside the prison. The average age of inmates in this country is coming down. And the reason why the average age is coming down is because a lot of young people are going into prison. And the goal of Proverbs 2 to 6 is not to address the recidivism, but instead generational recidivism. We want to stop the next generation from going into prison. We want to help them break the cycle. And so that's what Proverbs 2 to 6 is trying. And the way we try is that, you know, we go into the prison, we help, you know, these fathers to get connected to the roots of their own families. And that's what Encourage does. We encourage the fathers to be part of that. And most of these organizations that does prison ministry do that too. They go in, do Bible studies. They go in, do services. What they're doing, they're encouraging them to do better in their life, giving them some life skills and so on while they are inside the prison, which is what we also do. But to get them connected back with the family. So the second part of the E is engagement, which is where the number of ministries that expand beyond the encourage start to whittle down. Why? Because now you're trying to go find their families so we can engage back with these inmates. And when you start to talk about engagement with the children, engagement with the families, it becomes very hard because most of these families are transient, which means like they travel, uh, which means like they change the phone numbers, which means that, you know, they have, you know, the information of finding them becomes harder and harder. And so during the engagement process, what we do is we take these children into the prison. We allow the father or mother, whoever is in the prison, to get on their knees and ask for forgiveness from their children. We, in fact, ask these fathers, we just finished one in Leith Correctional over this weekend, where when we take these kids inside, those kids are hurting themselves. Those kids are going through vulnerable state themselves. They haven't heard their father say how much he loves them or mother says how much she loves them. And they get a lot of these messages from the street and not from their father or mother. And it, it just makes it, their state even more vulnerable as they continue to grow. So we do three engagement activities inside the prison. Number one is called Forgive Me, Dear, which is when the fathers wash their children's feet and ask for forgiveness. And we put a brand new shoes on their feet. And it ties back to our verse in in. 
Proverbs 2 to 6, which says, train up a child in the way he should go. The Bible doesn't say train up a child in the way his father went, in the way his mother went, which is what the statistics is saying, which is that they will end up being in a prison, end up, you know, making mistakes and so on. What we are saying is like, you know, the Bible says train up a child in the way he should go. So the fathers, after washing their children's feet, symbolically remove their shoes and put a brand new shoes on their feet. And we spend a whole day inside the prison. And uh, the, the thing that is significant is that it gets like a six to eight hours of time where the children get a chance to spend with their father or mother inside the prison. The second event that we do is called um, uh, back to school. We take the school supplies into the prison. We turn the prison into Walmart. We allow the fathers to pack the bags for their children, and we take the bag and we deliver in the name of that father or mother. And the third thing that we do is we take these girls into the prison because uh, oftentimes one of the biggest difficulties for this program is that the young girls getting pregnant at a very young age. And uh, so we want to help these children break the cycle, and we take them into the prison so that the fathers can, you know, hold their baby girls and tell them how precious, how beautiful she is and how much he loves them. When, when, when they hear from their fathers the affirmation, it changes something in their life. When they get a chance to invite their daughters for a dance with the flowers in their hands, and when they are holding them closer, they're telling their daughters how much they miss their daughters in their life, and it starts to heal. And so this is the engagement, and then we, we uh, also equip the children with, uh, you know, mentoring, and then we enable them with a scholarship so they can go to college, um, you know, through this journey. Right. Wow. So we were wondering if during that, like, reconciliation phase where they're visiting and they see them, um, could that be dangerous? No. It is not. The reason why it is not is for two reasons. Number one, the not all fathers can be part of this program. They have to be disciplinary free for one year before they can be part of this. So before their kids come in to see them, one year prior to that, they are being watched and monitored inside the prison. So this is an incentive for a good behavior that they have. And so the prisons actually like what we are doing and helps us to do this program better only because it makes the prisons even safer for for, for these men to get into trouble uh, inside the prison. That's number one. Number two, what happens is like most of these men don't get a chance to be with their children the way that Proverbs 2 to 6 provides, which means like, you know, when they're inside that room, they can be fathers to their children. They can feed their children. They can, you know, celebrate all their missed birthdays when they are in there. They can pack the school supplies. So the fathers know what is at stake for their own children, and they do everything possible to make this a special day for their uh, sons and daughters. Wow, that's that's really impressive. And um, 
We also were wondering how you fund this program, what some of your avenues oh. of fundraising are. Yeah, because that one thing that I thought was cool on the website, it says y'all help kids go to college, too, and that's that's pretty Correct. hefty expense, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, the, the funding is one of the, um, you know, uh, difficult parts of this organization as well. But at the same time, you know, um, what we are doing is like uh, we do a lot of fundraising events throughout the day, throughout the year. One of them is like a, we run for scholars during the July, um, August time frame, where you know each of them, um, you know, run, um, you know, and raise money uh, for their children. When when I say their children, the children that they support, and so um, we have that event that goes on. The second one is we do have a you know a fundraising gala towards the end of the year where we try to raise money. And then the third thing, we also um, write um, grant and uh, receive scholar, uh, the the fundraising through grant and then individuals who provide money for this organization. Wow. Oh, that's, that's cool. So if someone wanted to be a part of one of those fundraising events, what's the best way they could hear about it? Oh, um, the the very simple uh, is uh, if you go to proverbs two to six dot org. It's proverbs, like in the book of proverbs, um, and one word proverbs two to six dot org. Underneath the, the events, we start to put all of our events, both the the events that we do inside the prison and also the fundraising events are there. So you can easily participate through that. Well, then one thing, too, our, our podcast is all, all about church unity and hearing about your mission and your passion and getting these kids to raise up so that they don't end up back in the system and all that. It actually it made me think of, a, I, I say, a different problem, a church problem. I think it's almost analogous. It's just like unity in the family is important to a child's development. I'm thinking about, because y'all big on mentorship on the website, it looks like. Um, that makes me right. think of, you know, kind of spiritual children, people who just got saved and come into the church. And I wonder if part of the problem with church unity today is maybe we don't have enough mentors, enough people going to young Christians and building them up in that way so that they don't know how to be united. Right. Right. I think what has happened is over the years, we as a church has started moving away from some of our basics, like uh, the unity of families. And that's why we do see over 52% of the families that are going to church are getting divorced in this country. And uh, the percentage of uh, children growing up without a father um, uh, and the households in this country that are growing up without fathers, um, the children growing up without fathers, is about like a 25 million households in this country uh, where the father, the physical father, is missing. And uh, uh, when you take the fathers out of the lives of these children, then these children become more vulnerable to the external forces. And that's why my mantra has always been when I go in front of uh, the audience in the church, uh, when I'm preaching, I always uh, tell them 
that if we can bring fathers back into the lives of these children, the crime in this country will come down. And the best person that can make that happen is the church. Church has to start talking about the fatherlessness. Church has to start talking about how our Heavenly Father comes into the lives of ours and how He makes uh, the, the salvation and the redemption real when our Father becomes real in our life has to be the same in the lives of these children as well. Yeah, I mean, I know I, oddly enough, I know of just a couple people personally who even they have like the little the tattoo in Hebrew about God is my Father, and I think mm. that is a it's a powerful message that maybe isn't spoken enough. Absolutely. In the, in the, I am uh, um, also um, a product of a fatherless, um, you know, and the thing is, oftentimes we think of not having fathers as a, a, an, a crutch or a, a problem. Uh, I actually saw that as an effort to just like hold on to something that I can one day become a senior vice president at Bank of America. It's because... Uh, there was somebody there who threw a rope for me when I was in India to, so that I can go to school, get educated, come into this country, find a job. Uh, losing a father is definitely not an easy thing to do, uh, an easy thing to live with, but that doesn't mean everything has to end there. There is a, there is a hope and there is a, a, a redemption for that uh, trouble. And I always believe very strongly that what was once my misery is now my mission. So I can tell some kid that's on the street that when they go through the, their life without fathers, uh, that it's not an end, that they can still fight. Right. You know personally that you can get through it. Absolutely. It gets better. It's just, it's Correct. like a hurdle. Like, it's in your way, but Absolutely. you you can get over it. Right. So, yeah, is that um your experience personally? Is that why your ministry seems to be so focused on mentorship, or did that come from something else? No, the thing is, um, yeah, yeah, yes, for sure. There is absolutely there is uh, um, uh, that part of my life is very very focused. Um, in in uh, um, getting my life situated and how I transfer transfer that energy into starting Proverbs 26. But what I saw was how much these children are impacted because of fathers not being at home. And uh, um, I wanted to use what I learned through this journey so I can help somebody else. Wow. Now, one thing, because I keep saying there's so much about mentorship, um, what's interesting is you're not just having the parents reach out to the children. It looks like on the website you're having people mentor the people in the prison so that they can be better fathers. How did how do you get people to sign up for that? Oh, um, before I get to talking about like signing up the people to that one, what I want to say is that 85% of the men that are serving time inside the prison grew up without fathers themselves in this country. So what that tells me is like uh, some of these men 
are struggling, not because, uh, you know, they don't want to be a father, but they never got a benchmark in their life to, to, to see and model after something that was missing from their life. And so to me, um, it's not a problem of, uh, of these men that are serving time inside the prison, not wanting to be a father, but nobody actually, uh, you know, took time to be that father figure in their life. Because they were missing the father figures in their life, they have chosen or they ended up being chosen by the prison system. Now, in order to break the cycle, we need to bring the mentors. We need to bring the fathers who knew how to fight this battle has to come inside the prison so that they can help. We are in, in prison 48 weekends out of 52 weekends in a given year. And uh, during that time, it's like a six to eight hours. But what we do is like an event like a Forgive Me Beer, event like Celebrate, event like a Back to School. But we want to pass the baton over to the church that needs to talk about fatherlessness, that needs to step into this plate, that needs to help these men get their act together. And that only church can do. And we know where we stand in terms of like how much we do to get them to the doorsteps of the church. And from that point, it is, um, you know, the role of the church to stand up. Man, so just as God is father to the fatherless, the church is Absolutely. the body of Christ. And we need to be stepping up to that. Yeah. Oh, right. If you look at the last verse of the Old Testament, it says, he will turn the hearts of the fathers towards their children and hearts of the children towards their fathers. Less, I will come and strike this earth with a curse. The end. This is how the Old Testament ends. This was the last thing in God's mind before he finished the text and not speak for 400 years. This was the last thing that he says that if you, the hearts of the fathers are not turning towards the children or children towards their fathers, it is such a disaster that he would even strike this earth with a curse. As a nation, we're sending like a 1.5 million children to the prison system or some kind of a criminal justice system, and we abort 1.5 million children every single year. And we don't feel wrong about any of these things. And we as a church have become numb to these problems. And we're letting the, the world take over and talk to us about how we should be the, the father to the fatherless. In fact, the Bible clearly says how we need to be the father to the fatherless and how the benchmark of the father should look like. It's all written and we have lost our vision to go back to the basics. It's like the mid-season finale of the Bible. <laughs> the Bible was a TV show that was like the note that God was like, yeah, we'll, we'll leave you here for a while on that one. Let it resonate. Yeah. Man, that's, it's powerful. Yeah. Powerful. 
Man. Wow. I don't, um, so is there anything as far as what, what can people actively do right now? You know, we tell them, be father to the fatherless. They hear this, they want to do it. What do they do, like right now? Very simple. Number one, they can go to Proverbs26.org and they can sign up to one of the events um, that is there, uh, Forgive Me Dear, or any of the events. We put only two to three months worth of events on the website only because the prisons can get into some level of like a riot and things like that. So we have to work very closely only with like a two months worth of schedule online, but we continuously update the schedule so they can come into the prison and work with us, right? That's number one. Number two, we are also looking for people that can help us administratively. We need people who can coordinate these events. We need mentors that can help us through this journey. And we also need uh, educators who can continue to take this message so they can expand this across this nation. Wow. And yeah, just like you said, they can reach you. We wanted to do that. We could just go to the website and contact you through that, right? Absolutely. other part, yes, definitely through the contact us, send a quick email, and we'll be more than happy to respond as quick as possible. And I believe your email is uh, Cyril at Proverbs226.org? Yeah. Yeah, right. Wow. And then, um, sorry, what was that? Oh, yeah, so if, if people started doing this, we see more people going to the to jails, ministering in the way that you're talking about. What what difference can we see in our communities? Is it just less crime, or would it be something noticeable on a day-to-day basis? What would it look like? So what we have done is we, we are like a very data-driven organization. We measure everything that we are uh, making an attempt on. So two prisons we measured. The national recidivism is at 70%, which means, you know, the percentage of men coming back into prison is about 70%. For every 100 men that gets released in this country, 70 of them will come back into prison. States like, uh, you know, uh, Texas, every year about 70,000 men and women come back into prison after being released every single year, right? But with the Proverbs 2 to 6, the fathers who wash their children's feet, the fathers and mothers who are celebrating their birthdays together, the fathers and mothers who are thinking about their families, it's 1.8% of these men are coming back into prison compared to a national 70%. So that's that's pretty, yeah, that's, powerful. that's improvement. This is an empirical evidence. This is not even some tangible, some untangible number. It's a tangible that's number. 68 Six yeah. percent better. Yeah, that's 1. insane. One point eight percent compared to a seventy percent nationally. That's insane, man. Well, that's great stuff, and yeah, hopefully people will be checking out the website and contacting you with that. Um, the other thing we like to wrap up on is what we call the God moment of the week. It's just something that uh, if you had something in your personal devotion time or while you were praying or something, there's something that God touched you with this week. Just to share before you know we end this up. Um, my like for example, mine this week. Absolutely. 
Right. So I'm reading right now on the the Psalms where it talks about trust in the Lord, right? And do good. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he shall grant the desires of your heart. And this verse ends so beautifully where it says, feed on his faithfulness. And my point uh, of this and why God is speaking to me is like oftentimes uh, we are thinking about like a trusting God. We are uh, we are wanting to trust God, but when the problems hit us hard and harder, right? Uh, you know, there was one message that I just heard recently that you know, if if you're a son of a pastor and just got electrocuted by uh, an uh, you know um, electric plug uh, by mistake. And uh, it was underneath the, the, the pulpit um, and died. And the pastor needs to preach from that pulpit. He needs to have the strength to overcome the fact that you lost your son. And you still need to tell the people the God that you worship is still a good God. You need to trust him enough to know that he is a God who can change lives even today and still do good. Yeah, that, that's a challenge. Yeah. Wow. That's a, mine this week is, uh, I, I guess it's really simple. I was reading a book about the Exodus by uh, Richard Freeman. Friedman. Yeah. And he was, he was actually, he was just talking about how a lot of people didn't believe in the Exodus because, you know, archaeology had all these different discoveries and stuff, and it wasn't sure if it was true. And he posed the question of, what if it happened the other way around? What if, instead of we had the Bible, then saw this archaeology, we had the archaeology, and then suddenly we had the Bible? He said, man, if we just discovered the Bible, we would be using it in a way that we're like, wow, all of a sudden all this archaeology makes sense. And he's like, yeah, but because we've had it, it's just like we're naturally inclined to doubt it because, oh, the archaeology doesn't necessarily mean this. We say, well, if we had it the other way around, we would use the Bible to say that that's true. And it just, I don't know, kind of hit me in a way of, do we trust the Bible like we should? You know, like I feel like sometimes we, we just don't, which I guess it's a simple thing, but it was, I don't know, kind of right. opened my eyes a little bit. Right. And uh, I think for me, it would be just my God moment for this week would just be the realization of like how many people are actually truly interested in church unity. Like we've got, we've had several guests, we've got a lot lined up and it doesn't seem like we're going to be able to run out of guests anytime soon. And I think that's actually a really good sign for what we are trying to accomplish. And just, you know, through God, all things are possible. Church unity, Amen. that's that's not going to be a problem for much longer. Yeah. At least I don't think. Mm. I mean, it's God's church. He's got this. Yeah. Man, that's good stuff. Well, thank you, uh, Mr. Prabhu, for your time. And it's been, it's been great, man. Wonderful. I'm glad I could be on this and talk about the mission of Proverbs to the Awesome. All right. Thanks, brother. 
Okay. Have a nice day. Alright, and that was uh, Surreal Prabhu. Right. Yeah, and uh, thank you guys just for listening to the podcast. Be sure you follow us again at the Whole Church Podcast on either Facebook or Instagram. Or both. Yeah, preferably both. (laughs) Uh, Support us on Patreon, if you don't mind. Um, If you follow support before May 14th, and before we have 22 uh, supporters, then you get entered for a drawing to win a uh, Kindle Fire 7. They're actually really nice. They they're like they have colored bags. It's kind of cool. Oh, yeah. Well, and again, part of why that's important is again, if the word gets out, the more people who know people care about church unity, the more we're able to do something about it. And being able to go out and see people, being able to get better recording equipment, being able to contact different people, and do more giveaways just for fun, the more we're able to do our mission. So if you guys check us out on Patreon, we'd really appreciate it. Right. Uh, listen to us. Of course, on your medium. If you're listening on iTunes or Google Play, drop a comment. Yeah, please. The more comments, the more people are able to see us. Uh, share this with your friends, family, enemies, uh, people you don't like. Make everyone you know listen to this. Yeah, strap into a chair. Make your children watch. Yeah. Yeah. Click, uh, click the three dots on Spotify. <laughs> hit share. Send it to everyone you know on your phone. Yeah. And then, um, also, we have a Gmail. The whole church at gmail.com if you email us your god moment of the week we'll feature it that's what we're looking for is just as many good moments as possible you know this is we want it to be mostly an inspirational podcast and i think that's key is to get you guys involved right and uh what are some guests we have lined up as of right now um man that's uh, i've been saying surreal prabhu for so long that i <laughs> i wanted to say him we just had him <laughs> Oh, and then we have Dr. Keith Sharp, with my personal mentor mm. from Charleston, is coming up as well as a couple other professors there. Um, and Alex Guthrie from Immersion Videos should be, I think actually that might be next week. Oh, wow. And, uh, of course, Francis Chan at the end of season one. Yeah. He just doesn't know it. Yeah. yeah just so. hasn't agreed. <laughs> Thank you guys for your support, and we'll, y'all will hear from us next week. Hopefully we'll hear from you before then at our Gmail.